you have a question about your home? Ken Patterson is a Class A licensed contractor who has designed and built multi-million dollar commercial and industrial projects and single-family homes up and down the East Coast. And now, Ken the contractor brings his years of experience to the radio. Pulled up some carpet in my basement and there was linoleum put down. How can I get that up? Uh, there are products that will release the adhesive. You're probably going to have to take a floor scraper and it'll work a little quicker for you, but you're still going to take a lot of elbow grease. I wish I could tell you there was a real simple solution of just put something down and scrape it up with a shovel or something, but there's not that I know of. Do you have a question about your home inside or out? Call Ken the Contractor. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another hour of Ken the Contractor. Along with Ken Patterson, I'm Jim Brett, and Ken is here each week at this time to answer the questions that are important to you, today's homeowner. You can always reach Ken at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Or email him questions at our website, kenthecontractor.com. Are you sitting by the radio right now thinking about some quick, easy, and maybe relatively inexpensive home upgrades? Well, I'm here to help you. That's what this show's all about. Many of these things we're going to talk about this morning are items that you clearly can do yourself. But I always want to recommend to each of you that you know your limits. And if you're uncomfortable doing anything that may appear to be quick, easy, and inexpensive, you want to stop, you want to take some bids, and you want to bring the pros in to do it. Because there's nothing worse than starting a project that you think is quick and easy, going to cost you just a few dollars, and you end up spending a fortune when it's all said and done, and you find yourself laid up with an injury somewhere. So take heed and pay attention. But let's talk about some of the very basics that we can do around our house that helps us feel better about the place we live in. And if you're getting ready to sell because the market's heating up, these can be some huge enhancements that make that home just a little more marketable. And the first and probably the most popular that we see nationwide has to do with simply painting. And it is amazing. If you've lived in your home for 5, 6, 10, 15 years, how about 20 years I've known some people, and you've done no repainting, Folks, a new coat of paint, especially if you're changing the colors, can brighten the place up, can change your whole outlook on how you feel about the home, and can make it so much more desirable. One of the things we tend to do when we paint paint the walls only, we forget about the trim. The trim is where some of the roughest wear and tear takes place over time, especially on your baseboard and around your doors and jams. So if you are thinking about painting, whether it's a room or the entire house, I want you to also think a little bit about the door jams, casing, frames, your baseboards, your window trim, all the other elements that you have in the house. And if you're thinking about a style change, saying, I've got the same room, I've looked at this for a long period of time, think about changing some colors and think about some contrasting colors. Go to your paint stores or some of your big box stores that have paint experts in them and talk to those folks about some suggestions and ideas. doesn't cost you a dime, cost you a little bit of your time. You're going to get some great suggestions and ideas that will help you feel better. Now, the other thing you want to look at are some very minor things that we can do in our kitchen and our bathroom. These are hot spots in our home across the country, and that may be as simple as replacing old hardware. And by that, I mean the pull knobs or handles that's on the drawer fronts or on your doors. These may be original. Perhaps the cabinets are 30 years old. You've kept them clean. They look great. But what you notice, largely because of the the oils and acids in our hands and so forth, as we open and close, we grab these over the years, that that finish tends to either tarnish or, in some cases, depending on how it was made, if it's a plated finish, it flakes off and it looks pretty crummy. If you've got a painted finish, that certainly has worn over a period of time. You can easily replace those. This is a DIY project all day long for just about everybody. The key to replacing hardware is to be sure before you go to the store to buy replacement hardware, 
that you're court, that you've determined how you're going to coordinate this, both style and color, and are you doing any more work in the kitchen or bathroom, such as replacing or upgrading the countertops or a backsplash that you want to integrate a color with your hardware? Second, you want to be certain that if you have more than one screw to the hardware, so if you have a knob that you're pulling on a drawer or door, doesn't make a lot of difference. You have a single hole in that door, you're going to buy a single hole knob and replace it. But if you have a handle and it has two, in some cases you may have three screws to that handle, you need to be certain that you're buying identically, identical hardware as far as the screw spacings are concerned. So it'll be important for you to take an old pull handle with you to the hardware store to match that up. If you don't, you're going to be drilling new holes and trying to fill and putty and sand and then refinish your cabinet doors and drawer fronts. That's not where you want to be. So pay attention to that particular item. But that clearly is something that every homeowner is capable of doing on their own, and it really spruces up the kitchen or the bathroom area. And when you think about another area that's very common for us to redo in our homes is flooring. You're saying, well, you know, I can't really do flooring. I'm not a carpet installer. I can't put sheet vinyl down. And that may be true of most of us because it takes a special skill set to understand that, specialty tools and so forth. But what we are seeing more and more of today are people pulling up carpet and installing laminate floors. And a lot of the laminate product that's available, including not just laminate, but some of the hardwood floors that are available, are a click-and-go floor product. It's easy to cut. It interlocks. It does not take a lot of special tools or knowledge to be able to install this. If you can read and follow instructions, you can do it yourself. But even if you're not inclined to do that, always take three bids. Think about how it will change the overall appearance of your home, how you live in that space, and how much easier it is for you to clean because you've gone from carpet perhaps to a laminate or a hardwood floor. Available in so many different colors. If you're looking for eco-friendly products, you have bamboo and so many others that are available. When you think bamboo, I have to digress for a moment. Most of us think about something that we used to fish with. At least I did as a kid, the old bamboo fishing pole. But that's not what we're talking about. You will be impressed if you never looked at bamboo flooring as to what this looks like and the color variations and options that are available. So, again, if you're thinking about changing out that flooring and you want to do it yourself, think about some of the click-and-go hardwood floors and laminates that are available. If you want to change out the carpet, I also encourage you first to hire a pro, but think a little bit about the many products that are available today. We have those that are made from natural fibers. We're seeing some of the wool products and others come back today. We're moving away in some cases from the synthetics where we're using oils and things that are that cannot be replenished, and we're looking at more eco-friendly and green floor covering. So I want to ask you to explore that as well if you're looking to upgrade carpeting. When you change out carpeting, a lot of times people will say, I'll just change the carpet out. It's really worn in this area. I'm not going to change the pad. Folks, don't forget about the pad. It may cost you a dollar and a quarter, two dollars, two and a quarter, whatever it is, depending on what you're buying to replace it. It's well worth it if you're over an old pad. I would never put new carpet over a pad that has many years of wear on it because it's already broken down. Even if you can't see it, you're not going to have the good quality feel that you want from a carpeted room. So don't forget about the pad when it comes time to replace the carpet. Another item that a lot of us do, and I know Jim's had a little experience with this because he's still got his initials, I think, on the front of the house, that has to do with pressure washing. Pressure washing. And if you're capable and knowledgeable of using a pressure washer and you know how to do it without damaging the siding, the brick, whatever you may have on the house, the eaves, the soffit, fascia, gutter, all of those items, 
then go down and rent a pressure washer. You don't have to spend $500 to buy one. You can rent one for a day, probably for $50 or so in most locations. Rent a pressure washer, the right kind of tips, and just clean the outside of your house. You clean the inside, you wash your car occasionally, you would be impressed with how the home looks in terms of cleaning it, just to get rid of the normal air pollution, the dust, the dirt, all the things that settle over a period of time, and bring it back to a newer-looking state. Even if it's brick or vinyl siding, you'll feel better about where you live. Again, that's something you can do yourself, but if you're uncomfortable, go out and hire a pro. You can find folks all over your community that will do pressure washing at a very reasonable price. These are just some simple items that you can do around the house as we are in the summertime that make you feel better about your living environment. And for very little money, if you're getting ready to sell, gives it a little more curb appeal. Coming up as we continue on this edition of Ken the Contractor, Ken will be answering your questions. That's coming up next. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Oh, welcome back. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. You can always reach Ken at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Or you can email your questions to Ken and email them to our website, kenthecontractor.com. Time for us to go back to the phone lines once again. And it's Nancy who joins us next right here on Ken the Contractor. Hi, Nancy. You're on the air with Ken. I recycle uh, old fencing, put it together, and then I put uh, scenes on it like uh beach scenes or cabin scenes from the country, from the woods. But it's treated lumber, and the paint does not stick. I tried priming it with uh, or paint, you know, specifically for uh, bare wood, but nothing seems to hold. Uh, is there anything, any kind of paint that I can use that would hold on treated lumber? Well, Nancy, we appreciate your call, and we thank you for listening to us on WEEU in Reading, Pennsylvania. And uh, you have an interesting question because you are recycling, and that's something we're always encouraging people to do is to recycle, reclaim, repurpose. And in your case, though, you're an artist. You're recycling old, pressure-treated wood fence, and you're painting landscapes, seascapes on that. Several things that could be in play here. One, since you are recycling old materials, it's possible that this pressure-treated material has been stained or sealed in some fashion over the past. Now, this will make it very difficult for a paint, especially the paints that you may be using for your artwork, to bond to that. If you were using new pressure-treated boards, then I would certainly say that they are not properly dried. But again, you've expressed to us that you're using recycled fence material. So we're assuming that this has many months, if not years, of aging on that, certainly weathering. I'm going to recommend to you that you try using a latex primer designed for exterior woodwork. Allow that to dry several hours and then apply a latex exterior paint over that. And that should give you a base to work with as far as your artwork is concerned. Now, one of the things you may want to do before you put the primer on is to sand this particular material. If you happen to have a slight sheen on it or if you put water on it and detect that it beads up much like a freshly waxed car, that's a pretty good indicator that there is an old sealer or stain or something that has penetrated that woodwork that's preventing ordinary paint from bonding. But that'll give you a way to check it. And if it is, then I'd still try the primer. If that does not work, then you're going to have to stay with wood that has not previously been sealed or stained in order to get this to bond properly. We appreciate you listening to us. Good luck to you with your art project, and thanks again for thinking green and recycling and reclaiming products. Thank you. Bye. 
Thank you, Nancy. Uh, let's go to an email question from Ken's website, kenthecontractor.com. Yeah, this email comes to us from Stephen in Virginia, and he's got a roof issue. He says, I detected a leak in our bathroom ceiling. I would guess it's coming initially from the vent pipe going through the roof, that it appears to be a slow leak probably over a period of years. Now, the house is now about 25 years old, and the shingles, though, still appear good. He goes on to tell me, he says, I have a contractor coming within a short period of time to give me an estimate on fixing or replacing our shingles. He's asking me, one, about cost, but he's also asking me about ideas on the shingles. Uh, Stephen, one thing I want to mention to you, a house that's about 25 years old should have had most likely fiberglass-based shingles installed. You could be reaching the end of the life cycle. 25, 30, 35-year shingles were common when this house was constructed, assuming this is the original roof, and that's what you'd lead me to believe. But you can always look at a roof and tell from the ground whether it's really in bad shape or the granules coming off of it at a pretty rapid pace. Do you see them in the gutter or down where the downspouts discharge or along the eave line? Do you see splits and cracks on the shingles? Do you see them curling up around the edges? If you're not seeing those telltale signs, there's still some reasonable life left in that roof. And I know you said you have a contractor coming to look at it, But my suggestion would be, first, fairly evaluate, do I need a new roof or do I simply need to have the problem, the flashing, repaired? What we see many times around the boot or the flashing, if you will, around plumbing penetrations is that in the last 30 years, we have used a rubber flashing that goes over that PVC pipe. Years ago, we used a lead flashing that turned down into the pipe. But this rubber membrane has a tendency to crack over time. Not the greatest thing in the world, in my opinion, but it's what the industry uses. It's what's out there today. And I have seen those crack, and you get very small leaks. It may be just one small drip in a normal rain. It could be a little bit of a stream and an extremely heavy rain. But that is probably the source of your leak. And I would suggest that unless your roof is really coming apart and you feel like you need one, you're ready to spend the money to replace it, that you have the contractor look specifically at all of your plumbing roof stacks and any plumbing penetrations that involves especially rubber membrane flashing and see if that's not the problem. That can easily be replaced. As far as cost goes, this is going to vary widely for you and for every other consumer out there depending on what type of shingle you put back whether you put a standard dimensional shingle or a three, I mean a three tab shingle or whether you jump up to a dimensional shingle, which is a heavier weight. It's a little thicker, has a little different look about it. And it depends on the warranty, whether you're looking at a 30 year, 35, 40, and we can go up to 50 year warranties on shingles today. The material's a little different. They become thicker. Obviously, they ha- you have to have some mass or some change in order for there to be a longer warranty period. So price, as far as materials go, will vary greatly depending on the product. The labor may change slightly. It should not go up the same percentage rate as your materials do. It may go up just a little bit. And above all, you want to be sure that if you're dealing with anybody and replacing a roof and you know you may have some damaged or rotted materials below that, plywood, OSB, whatever your roof substrate is made of, that you agree to some type of a unit price up front either a price per sheet to tear off and replace 
or an hourly rate with a not to exceed, but that can be a little blank check, a little area in our contract sometime that gives us a lot of heartburn once we get into it. So at least you need to have a basis to move forward on. There's no way a contractor knows how extensive the damage will be until they get into tearing the roof off and they can see. So at least have some guidelines established. An hourly rate with a guaranteed not to exceed or a price per sheet that's typically a 4 by 8 sheet to peel off and replace every one that may be bad that has to go back before you put a new roof on. So this gives you a few pointers as far as your shingles are concerned. I wish you a lot of luck, but I'd certainly pay special attention to that flashing and see if that's not all you need. You may only need a $150 repair as opposed to a several thousand dollar roof. Thanks for listening, and we appreciate your email. Steve, thank you. Don't forget, you can always forward your questions to Ken to our website, and that is KenTheContractor.com. And while you're there, we do remind you that we've got a lot of helpful information. Steve's question dealt with roofing. We had a lot of roofing questions, electric, insulation, drywall, plaster, energy efficiency, green building, accessible living, ventilation, masonry, leaks, painting, siding, all right there on the web at one site. That's KenTheContractor.com. And one of the other things we talk about quite a bit on this show, Ken, it seems like each and every week that if you're doing a project or something, uh, be sure to look for that Made in the USA label. For the last couple of years, there's been a pretty phenomenal movement across this country, and that's buying products made in America. And I think ABC News started this, and companies like mine and so many others across the country jumped on that bandwagon. And I want to tell you, we're seeing huge benefits nationwide. We're seeing workforce back in place that was not there a couple of years ago. We're seeing products produced in our own backyard today that we didn't see a few years ago. So when you go to the store, whether you're buying a personal product for your home or whether you're a contractor out there buying, we want you to buy products made in America. Look for that little American flag in many cases in the retail outlet sitting on the shelf next to the product. And in some cases, you're going to find manufacturers producing boxes with the American flag on it today and clearly the label made in America. Do your part by products made in the USA. And remember that as you're looking for those tools for that particular project or whatever supplies you're out shopping for. We'll take a quick break and come right back. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Welcome back. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Ken Patterson is a Class A licensed contractor who's designed and built multi-million dollar commercial and industrial projects as well as single family homes up and down the East Coast. Ken the Contractor also has owned his own construction company for over 30 years and now he brings his years of experience to the radio and the internet to help you deal with the issues that are important to today's homeowner. If you have a question for Ken, you can always reach him at 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. Don't forget, you can friend us on Facebook at Ken the Contractor and also follow us on Twitter at Ken Answers. Time now for this week's edition of One-on-One with Ken the Contractor. Each week, Ken brings you information about products and services from companies and experts that he interviews during his travels, all to make your life better, provide options, and, of course, save you money. Joining us now is Alan Hubble. Alan is with DuPont now. DuPont is a name that everyone has to recognize if you're more than about two years old. Welcome to today's show, Alan. Oh, thanks, Ken. Great to be here. Really glad you could be with us today. DuPont has been involved in my construction career for as long as I can remember, and I think that holds true for so many other builders with the products that are produced that wind up in our homes and our office buildings and so many other areas. We're not even going to go there today. We're going to stay with the residential side, though. And it's not just the products that we have seen, but it's the products that are out today, the enhancement of the old ones, the new products that are being generated to help our home be more energy efficient, to make us more comfortable. Both of those are equally important. 
And I, I know you have a few new products that we want to discuss. One is the DuPont Tyvek, and Tyvek's a name, again, that's probably well-recognized across this country, but the DuPont Tyvek fluid-applied flashing and also a brush formulation. Yeah, that's right. We, uh, you know, So Tyvek has been wrapping homes since 1978, long time, and we've continued to evolve and, and add new products to the product line. So we're real excited to show the um, fluid-applied brush formulation. It's designed to be brushed on. It's a fluid-applied product. comes with all the features and benefits you've come to enjoy from Tyvek, meaning it holds out air, holds out water, bulk water, but it also allows the structure to dry underneath, uh, allows it to breathe. So when you get into complicated window designs and recessed windows and, and bump-out windows, these kind of things, um, rather than use a, a traditional peel-and-stick flashing, you can use a uh, this brush formulation and actually paint it on the rough opening and then you've, you've protected your rough opening from water and, and, and water damage. And so there's no confusion. We're not replacing the Tyvek wrap. That's correct, right. Because okay, that remains. That remains this, on the house. What this does is increase the energy efficiency and, and reduces air infiltration by being able to better seal some of those areas that even with the high-quality Tyvek wrap, we weren't able to deal with quite uh, right to the best we could. That's right. The wrap is used on the wall, and then to integrate the window to the wrap, we have uh, flashing products. And so this is one of those products that helps you integrate the window to the wrap. But we'll say, you know, so it helps manage uh, water intrusion primarily because we want that wall to be durable, want to last a long time, and the way you do that is by keeping the water outside where it belongs. And a lot of you are listening to this saying, well, why is that important to me? This is not a DIY product necessarily. It can be if you're building your own home or doing remodeling. But I think where it's critical is that you're talking to your builder to be sure that they're using the best techniques and the best products that DuPont offers to be sure that when you move into that house or that addition, that it's as tight as it can be and you're saving money every month. That's right. Exactly right. Yeah, I was just going to say, and so, you know, flashing is a complicated business. Window design and the, and the type of uh, the uh, rough opening and so forth, there's a lot of variables to consider. So these products are designed to work across those different variables and accommodate those different situations. And that's what I see as a property that is so important because, as you say, Alan, flashing is complex, and that's where most problems occur in our homes and office buildings. It's not in the big, broad area where we've covered it. We've done a good job stopping that air and or moisture from getting through. So it's the details, as we say, the devil's in the details, it and is. that is so evident when it comes to construction around doors, windows, any wall pipe penetration, special vents that we have, and also the time of year that products are installed. Now, that's one thing I note about this is that you don't have to be 70 degrees or plus to be installing this. No, that's correct, right. It's designed to work, I believe, down to 40 degrees F is the spec on it. I also want to mention that uh, one of the ways DuPont has brought some value to the marketplace, helped educate the marketplace, is through our Tyvek Specialist Network. And these are a group of over 100 folks around the country that certainly homeowners can call on, builders can call on, and use them as a little mini building scientist for their local market and understand the latest and greatest and best practices to use when it comes to flashing and wrapping houses. The Tyvek Specialist Network is outstanding. So if you have a question, you can go to the manufacturer and get the answer. You're not talking to somebody trying to sell you a product just because uh, this is how they make a living today, but these are people behind the scenes that know the product. They're going to give you an honest, straightforward answer. That's correct, right, and they're, they're there for education. That is what their role is. Now, how do we find those folks? You can go to the website, TyvekWeatherization.com, and you can click through to the uh, specialist locator. I believe you put in your zip code, and out will come a name and a phone number, and you'll get to talk to a live person when you make that call. That is pretty simple, and that's free information for you folks. We're speaking with Alan Hubble. Alan is with DuPont. 
We've got another product I want you to speak about, and that is called CodeSense. Now, this is a durable wall builder. Yeah, so this is actually a knowledge offering. So we have products and knowledge. Also, through our Tyvek Specialist Network, we have this uh, wall builder tool. What DuPont has done is we've taken building codes from around the country, national building and energy codes, both in the commercial and the residential side, and put that together with your climate zone. So there's eight climate zones across the country and your cladding type. So if you're building with brick or stucco or wood, uh, you put those three variables together and we will tell you what the code says the requirements are to, that you must build against. So that's the first piece. That's the just the facts, ma'am, piece, as I call just it. Just the facts. Just the facts. You get, so it's great for folks that want to know the, the basis of the, you know, know the details of the code. And then we have a how to build against those requirements. And that's where we start to tell you with our products how we, you can build to meet those requirements. And I assumed this gives you the opportunity to change products out and see how that affects your bottom line in terms of conforming to the code or exceeding the code yeah. if you run different scenarios. You can run different scenarios and right. see what the different requirements and therefore the different products would be required to meet those requirements. So for those of you thinking of using product A or B or a different type of flashing or air barrier or something along those lines, you could go back and run alternate scenarios and see this one's better versus this, and then you've got something to talk to your contractor about. Absolutely. It is it is geared and tailored, as you'd imagine, towards the DuPont products. Sure. But it certainly tells you the right way to do it, that meet, meets or it exceeds code certainly in the case of our products. Well, this is outstanding to be able to provide knowledge to all of us to help us live in our homes more comfortably, to help us save money, and at the same time to offer information that's of great value to our builders. You're getting, obviously, good feedback and a lot of visits, and I think that's great. And that speaks well of where we are. Alan Hubble's been with us today from DuPont. Alan, we appreciate you sharing all the information. One more time, where do folks go to find out everything that DuPont has to offer about the products we've talked about and many of the other product lines we don't have time for? Yeah, so they can go to www.tyvekweatherization.com, and there's a host of information, good information on there for folks to look at. DuPont, living with us every day in and around our homes. Thank you for being with us. Right, thank you, Ken. And that's this week's edition of One-on-One with Ken the Contractor. Each week, Ken Patterson talks with different individuals about products and services from companies and experts that he interviews during his many travels, all to make your life better, provide options, and, of course, to save you money. Don't forget about our website. If you're looking for good information online, it's KenTheContractor.com. Right on the front page of Ken's website, you'll find Ken's toolbox. That includes some of the topics that we talk about most often here on the air. You can also uh, catch up on some of the apps of the week if you've happened to miss those. And you've got a couple different ways to keep in contact with Ken. You can friend us on Facebook at KenTheContractor and also follow us on Twitter at Ken Answers. Do you have a question for Ken? Give us a call, 800-614-2975, or email your questions to KenTheContractor.com. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. Welcome back. You're listening to Ken the Contractor. I'm Jim Britt, along with Ken Patterson. Ken the Contractor. Ken is here each week at this time answering the questions that are important to you, today's homeowner. You can always join us oh, by dialing 800-614-2975. That's 800-614-2975. And let's go to the telephones once again. And it's Faye who joins us right now. She's been waiting patiently. Hi, Faye. You're on the air with Ken the Contractor. Thank you. Thank you for calling. How I, may I help have you? a question about a leaky roof. Okay. Um, I live in a townhouse, and there's I have a little out uh, building where I store my tools and things right off to the side. And I had a new roof at Shingles put on about I think it's been about two years now, and 
I think the leak was there before I got him to do the roof. And every time it rains in that little shed right up above the door, there's dampness in there. And my friend's uh, cousin built me a, a frame-like back porch uh, uh, roofing over my back porch that I have so that it would keep it cool back there. So I don't know if now that water running down somewhere in that seam is getting in there still yet, and I was looking for someone to come and fix that. And also, when I have them here, I want to ask them about putting a seal around this roof that he put on so the water doesn't run down on my siding on the porch. Okay, well, you have sort of a compound question. Let me tackle it a little bit at a time here. Okay. Be sure I have followed everything. First, living in a two in a townhome implies to me that you're in at least a two-story structure. Uh, is Am I safe to assume that? You're in a what now? I'm in a what now? The, 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 the townhouse. You said you're in a townhouse. That's two stories? It's a two-story townhouse, and they're side by side. Okay. And the storage room that you have is off to the side or on the back of the townhome? It's on the back of the townhouse. Each one of them has one okay. off to the side. That's our little storage building. Okay, and so this is typically the ones I'm familiar with and have built some. These are just single-story utility rooms that you come in at ground level. It doesn't go all the way to the roof line. Um, is that well, it, it connects. Well, that's right. It connects out here to my porch. Okay. Yeah, you're right, because when the water runs down, it comes down and hits that roof. Okay. So the roof to the storage area, the shingles that are on that are actually flashed back up under siding. It's, it's not an extended part of the main roof. Am I understanding? Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, it's single there. Uh-huh. Okay. So the issue may well be water coming in around the flashing at that siding. It's not going to be your upper roof or your main roof. Mm-hmm. Now, you had this lower area reshingled when you had the main roof reshingled two years ago, correct? Oh, yes. Okay. did both. Okay, but and it, he fixed the thing up on top of the roof. It's like an air hole or something. Okay, we, he showed me where those boards were bad, and he'd fix that. And I didn't say anything to him about the leak. I thought when he pulled the shingles and stuff off, if he saw the boards were weak looking, he would have done something about it. But the damage. So that's why I don't want to go back to him. And he's a small contractor, and I don't think he'd do anything about it. Well, the the damage may not have been significant enough to be noticed. I'm not saying it wasn't at that point. But the fact that you had new shingles installed, I think most roofers, in my experience, uh, have enough common sense and decency and ethics about them to come to you and say, look, I see severe water stains here. This wood is rotting or is going to rot or needs to be replaced for two reasons. One, to bring it to your attention, to, to allow you the opportunity to make a decision, but also it means additional work for them, additional revenue. Right. So, I mean, that's, that tends to be my experience with roofers, but if they only re-shingled and they did not examine or perhaps replace or repair the flashing up along the siding, this may be where your water's coming in on uh-huh. that storage shed, actually where it makes contact to the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other potential, and I don't want to get too complicated with this, but the other potential is that there's water getting in higher than that roof into that siding. And it, because oh, I, hope tip, not. I hope not either, but typically there is a vapor barrier installed between the framing and the siding. So even if it is, it should not be coming into the house, but it could be running behind that vinyl siding and the vapor barrier and the flashing is turned up underneath that siding. So it could leak there and get under the shingles and then show up inside. I'm just giving you two potential areas since you're going to talk to a roofer that they might want to examine. 
Okay. Because, again, you said you've had a roof extended over your patio or your deck area, and you don't have any issues there. Well, I, I do want to talk to whoever comes in because he it's like a frame roof over my patio, and it makes a big difference in the summertime. It sure. keeps the heat off the back side of the house. Okay, but this this new roof over your patio, it's dropping lower than your primary roof at the second level. It's oh, got, yes. It's, this it, is off of my, it's kind of under the windows. It's down, yeah. slanted down. Okay. And where he put it around, he did some caulking, but evidently that has come loose. So I want something around it so it doesn't leak down on my siding because all it does is stain the siding, and then all, all you get done is cleaning the siding. Right, siding. And, the, and the proper installation for roof, any roofing material, shingles, rubber roof, whatever, is to flash that environment, You don't that connection. You don't want to rely on caulking. Caulking might mm-hmm. work a day or two, might even work a week or two, but caulking shrinks. It dries out. It has cracks uh-huh. that develop in it. And as the porch moves in the wind a little bit and the, and the townhome moves at different rates, summer and winter, you're going to find mm-hmm. they expand and contract their joints created. So caulking... A lot of people think is the cure-all, but caulking is not the cure-all to solve these issues. It has its place, but the shingles need to be flashed back up underneath the siding. And since you mentioned there are windows above this, the other thing that the roofer needs to look at or a siding person for you is to be sure you're not bringing water in around those windows, again, that's getting in between the siding and the vapor barrier and then coming out on this roof or somewhere else. So you have some potential areas that all of us as homeowners have to pay attention to from time to time. But be mm-hmm. sure on that porch roof that when you talk to your roofer, whoever you bring out, that it is properly flashed. Don't let them get away with simply caulking that or you're going to have a long-term problem. Faye, thank you. We do appreciate your call. And before we go this hour, we've got our website of the week. This week's website of the week may not be for everyone, at least right now. But I promise you at some point, whether you're building out that basement or remodeling that family room, you're going to find this one of interest. And this one is AIfittings.com. www.aifittings.com is the website I want you to jot down. Now, what they sell are recessed wall boxes. And you say, that doesn't sound glamorous. And it doesn't, but it solves a lot of problems. These are boxes that recess into the drywall or plaster of your wall framing in order to put the plug from your TV set, other devices that you may have on countertops, back into the wall rather than have it project off the wall, creating that massive amount of wiring that you got back there, forcing you to put the TV further forward when you mount it to the wall. So essentially it gives you the best opportunity to have a completely flush-mounted television set. The other thing it does, it allows you to bring low-voltage wiring through these devices as well. Right now you typically have a standalone low-voltage box and you have a standalone high-voltage or power box to plug your device into. This one meets all UL criteria, the National Electric Code, and it separates properly the low voltage from the high voltage or the line voltage feeding the TV set, the computer, any other device that you have. So what you'll find is this really cleans up the wall area, may be great to go above or around your desk if you're trying to plug in computer and bring that low voltage, the cable, into that. You may find that this resolves multiple problems in so many locations, just really cleans up the appearance of the wall and all those wires you've got dangling everywhere. So, again, that website is AIfittings.com. You'll find a recess box that's right for you, for your use, whether it's in the kitchen, your office, or that rec room. 
And that is our website of the week. And that'll wrap up this hour of Kent and the Contractor. For Kent and the Contractor, I'm Jim Britt. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Kent and the Contractor.